Hello and welcome to the PropTech Hot Seat on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon, the show where we explore trends and technologies driving innovation across the built environment. This show is brought to you in partnership with PropTech Ireland, the hub for innovators, investors and indeed for industry leaders. In the PropTech Hot Seat today is Clara McGiven, Head of Customer Experience with Ask Porter. Clara, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Carol. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, likewise. And uh, Clara, I I'm, I was delighted when I read your job title, Head of Customer Experience, because Ask Porter, we we featured Ask Porter on the show previously. It's a really exciting uh, prop tech. It's a really exciting company. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm if I'm accurate to describe it as a startup or a scale up at this stage, but certainly it's an innovation. It's an innovative company who's doing interesting things across the built environment. But the last time we featured Ask Porter on the show, there was no such thing as a head of customer experience. So tell us a little bit about yourself and the role that you've just taken up. Yeah, so uh, just give a bit of my background. Uh, so I'm actually technical, so I studied computer science at university. Um, but I'm very much interested in customer facing aspects as well. So it's been a lovely hybrid um, of a role. Um, and I think more like companies across, especially technical companies, understand the benefit of having people that enjoy both of those aspects. Um, so when I joined as Porter, it was actually very much a really interesting role. It was initially just a lead customer engineer. Uh, and the purpose of that role was actually just to be more of a technical facing um, person for the client. So the client could have that person who could talk to them about the really in-depth things about our products, but explain it in a way that made sense and is understandable. Uh, we've seen such the benefit of that, that we've actually scaled up to having a whole customer experience side of the business. Uh, and the whole purpose of it is to, because we understand when you're integrating with new products, when you've got large, big data sets, when you've got um, scenarios within your business that you know, you, you can't take risks on. Um, we provide that assurance that you come to us, you tell us what your processes are, what your um what you do as a business, and we figure it out from there. Um, and that's been really good because we've been able to build like quite trusted relationship with our clients. Um, and we're able to help them not just from beginning setting up, but we're there through support and um, account management the whole way through and constant improvement. Very good. Uh, do you know, it's, it's maybe worth us taking a step back and explaining to people who might not be familiar, because sometimes I, I assume everybody is familiar, yeah. but for people who maybe haven't come across Ask Porter previously, what is the core offering for the industry? Yeah, so yeah, sorry, I should have probably mentioned that as well. I'm making a lot of assumptions. Um, so yeah, Ask Porter is basically using AI in terms of asset management. We've got a messaging platform um, as well. So basically for facilities management and property management alike, uh, we essentially can take all of the backend processes to that, communicate with their end users um, and provide optimization across all of those processes. Um, so asset management as a field has really evolved. And, you know, it's interesting, actually, uh, you know, we've been we've been um, charting and helping shape the adoption of prop tech uh, in Ireland and beyond since about 2015, 2016. And asset managers were probably the first to jump on board, um, you know, maybe because it was a lower margin 
aspect of the real estate uh, business. And uh, so lower margin meant actually when you can show the opportunity to get a good return on your investment to to improve efficiencies. But it was always about driving efficiencies, lowering the cost because it is a low margin business. Um, whereas actually that's changed in the last number of years. Now, there's not not just the human element, which is, is huge and the experience people expect from within their building, whether they're a residential tenant or it's it's where they come to work. That's really changed. But also in terms of the building performance, the expectations when things go wrong, um, the the instant instant gratification era where actually errors not just have to be reported and, and fixed, but people need to be communicated with all along the way. So talk to us a little bit about how maybe that journey has progressed and and maybe where human expectations come into this. Yeah. So what I've noticed in how that journey has progressed is that. It's not just about having all of your asset information there and then having your human conversations separate. It's all intertwined now. And why that's such a good aspect is it's providing a lot more of efficiencies going forward. So if I was to use an example, if a tenant had an issue with a boiler, um, they left the property, a new tenant came in, um, they wouldn't have been aware of the issue with the boiler before. But because our system has all of that information alongside the asset information, we can actually provide that to like the maintenance provider, the engineer going on site. So they're aware because sometimes um, what seems like a certain issue, which I'm sure <laughs> a lot of maintenance providers and engineers experience this, what it seems like, oh, it's this issue. But actually, when you've got the information to back it up, you go, actually, no, it's probably this now. Um, so I've I've noticed the fact that people are now realizing how having that large amount of information alongside their asset information is actually really beneficial and can really provide a lot of efficiencies across the board. So who are your clients? Uh, well, we've got a large, <laughs> a large set of clients in terms of facilities management who not only have obviously um, themselves as our client but they also have their own clients as well and then we have um, people in the more affordable homes social housing aspect as well so we're looking at not just the commercial realm but also the residential realm as well. How different are those when you're talking you know like let's take it more into the the area that you work in and that is around the customer experience how different is it when you're when you're speaking to the asset managers or the facilities managers on one side and then maybe uh, for the thinking about the experience of the people who are occupying these homes, so whether it's portable homes or otherwise. Yeah, so the, completely different. There is a lot of things that are very similar, but what we've noticed is obviously within a facilities management aspect, it's about speed, it's about efficiency, it's about making that end user's experience quick and easy. It's then on the responsibilities of uh, the companies then to like resolve any issues that arise within that. However, we take a step into the social housing aspect because there tends to be a lot of different end users. It's not just like, oh, we've got this big commercial building. It's loads of different residents that change quite frequently. Uh, we've noticed that it's more about being more in depth. It's more about accuracy because um, basically what we want to help our clients get to the point is a, like a one visit fix. 
And how you do that is having all the previous information, knowing what make and model of a boiler is in a property, knowing what taps they have, what their door is like. All of that information is so important to ensure that we can um, help the maintenance engineer, but not just that, help the end user. Because there's nothing worse, like your home is such an important aspect of your life. If we think about it from a human element, it should be your place of comfort, your place of solitude if you will and you don't want uh, anything to go wrong there so if there is something that isn't going right there you know it can add added, added stress that you don't need yeah um, and sometimes you know your perceived understanding of what is wrong you know because you're not an expert it could be wrong so our platform um as we've built it alongside maintenance providers, we know all the right questions to ask that end user. So we can not only um, help diagnose it before a maintenance engineer gets there, but also we can sometimes help the resident self-resolve and therefore they never needed somebody to come out in the first place. And yeah. there's nothing like that from being able to fix something yourself and be like, yes, that was great. <laughs> uh, Clara, it's a really interesting intersection to bring the technical, uh, the technical background um, and your graduate uh, computer science background with this very human centric approach, because, you know, they're not usually they're you know, usually they're almost two different disciplines and two different approaches. So I can absolutely see for Ask Porter the advantage of having this dual approach in one, not just in one role, but in, in one person. Um, but given your technical background what industries have you served in before like is real estate you've been with Ask Porter for two years is real estate something you had an interest in yeah I did I think it, it's such an interesting industry because of the human aspect of it that I've previously touched on um, for me I've worked in cybersecurity, and I've also worked um, and I find that very interesting I was there for about 10 years uh, and then I moved into the gaming industry as well. So I've worked in pretty much customer facing roles every single time that I've been in there, trying to understand how, you know, you don't just have a client, you have your clients' clients as well as part of the process. And it's not so easy to ring up individuals and be like, how are you finding the system? And it's it's really interesting to see how all of the industries kind of need each other, essentially. Yeah, and that actually, you know, there are a few areas like that um, uh, when you touch on business and real estate construction, anything that's delivering infrastructure or touching off the built environment, it touches off every aspect of our lives. It's the road you drive on, the office that you go into, the building where you drop your children's child. You know, it, is, it touches everything. It's where you go relax, have a coffee, go out for dinner. It's the gym, it's the cinema, it's where you go to a concert. It's, the built environment touches off everything and it is difficult to see where that stops and other disciplines start. They are so interconnected. Um, and I'm conscious that we're here to talk about Asport and the built environment, but I can't let the opportunity go by. <laughs> You've come from cybersecurity. We've had a couple of conversations around cybersecurity and the built environment um, on the show in recent years. And sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm banging my head against a brick wall. I don't think there's a there's an understanding. I don't think there's enough of a conversation happening around uh, cybersecurity for the built environment. And I know that's not directly your area now, but given your decade of knowledge in this area and now you're being exposed to to real estate and the wider built environment, can you see gaps? 
Yeah, so it's interesting with the the likes of ChatGPT. I think a lot of people rush to convenience in building on top of, um, and, and don't get me wrong, it's a fantastic piece of technology, but we're very like quick to just adopt any new technology at the minute without having considerations around what the ramifications could be. Because we've all been there. We've all worked with some really fantastic technology. There's always problems. You know, they're built by humans. <laughs> there will be um, human errors in there as well. Um, and one thing that we've noticed uh, specifically within Ask Porter is about the adoption of more enhanced AI. So obviously we use AI at the minute and we want to keep furthering that. But one thing that we are very um, conscious of is ensuring that we've actually really properly researched it. We've challenged it and we've made sure that we're never putting any of our clients or any of our clients' clients at risk through using technology that hasn't been properly um like kind of, you know, we we I I don't know yourself, Carol. If you've seen like, there's loads of people on the internet who can manipulate ChatGPT. You can have the best um kind of top level element on it, but you can still get ways around it to get get it to give you the information that you intend. And it can be quite dangerous in aspects as well. Um, so that's something that we're very conscious uh, as as Porter is to ensure that when we're bringing AI to our clients, they can trust it. Um, it's not we're not just adding AI because it's fun and it's interesting and it's, you know, the thing that's uh, really everybody wants to have at the minute. We're stepping back and going, well, how could this be manipulated? Because if you take it back to uh, a residential scenario where it would be horrible if the AI was telling someone to do something that they shouldn't do. So if we look at it from a boiler perspective, you wouldn't want your AI to start asking them to take things apart. Like that's just not appropriate. So it's making sure that we not only follow compliance and business processes, but have that conversational piece as well. And having it like come up with great ideas and adding like optimization without the risk of um, doing anything that could be quite bad essentially. Yeah, and I, I suppose taking a, a more macro view as well, you know, there are so many different technologies now going into any standard, say, office block or large scale residential development. You know, you know, we've really been educating uh, the industry around not necessarily selecting between pieces of technology, but understanding how things fit to build a really good, reliable, compatible tech stack. And integration is a huge part of that. So we're looking at new, uh, some of the more modern building, uh, building management systems, and you know they're they're much better at their integrations. Um, you know there's very few startups now who are delivering solutions for buildings and for community, the community aspect of buildings that don't have APIs that aren't integrating well. But where, from a cybersecurity point of view, where are the points of vulnerability there? Um. So. I'll be honest with that particular topic. I don't think I have enough expertise to go into depth, but yeah, there definitely is um, elements uh, of where there's vulnerability. It depends on how each of those systems have been built, whether they've been built with the mentality that there's actual like um, single sign on or elements like that that ensure that the user who is signed on is only getting the information that they've received, but also then 
a lot of times people err on convenience rather than security. So it is annoying when you have to log on to different things. Don't get me wrong, but there is a reason behind that because your personal information, your address, like everything like that, it, and even within a community, um, it, it's giving too much information to people that shouldn't have it. However, I don't, I can't think of any specific scenario. That's me just talking hypothetically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there there definitely is vulnerabilities. Um, and you have to be conscious of that, that there's sometimes it's not all about convenience. It's about like assurance and security that's really fundamentally important. Um, let, let's talk about AI for a moment. It's so topical at the moment. Uh, you know, we could see the opportunities across the built environment. And by the way, it's already in use across the built environment um, mm. to a much greater extent, extent, I think, than the industry realizes. But you just mentioned there, like in, in sounding a word of caution, and I can tell you it's absolutely the first time it's ever been said on this show that sometimes we can be too quick to adopt new technologies. I'm normally saying the opposite. So um, that's definitely that's definitely some mixed messaging that the industry is going to to take away. But, um, you know, I, I think we're much too slow to to uh, accept or to embrace uh, new technologies in at an industry level. But yeah. in our personal lives, you know, particularly through social media, we are very quick to adopt new technologies. And AI is a really interesting conversation because you've got all ends of the spectrum from people who who don't even notice that they're using AI every single day to those who are really fearful and skeptical to the point of of um, uh, being very cautious. Uh, so talk to us about AI, where it is in terms of the built environment. How are we using it already? Um, so the there's well, just to touch on something um, else quickly. Yeah, I agree with you from an industry point of view. Yeah, we could definitely adopt uh, technology a lot quicker. Um, and yeah, I think we adopt like the newest technology. We always feel like when we are going to adopt, it has to be the latest thing, but that's not necessarily always the best option. Sometimes it's best having a product that's going to develop with you rather than um, getting something that's, you know, got the latest bells and whistles on it. Uh, and that's what we tend to focus on is ensuring that when we're with a client, we adapt our product to how they need. Um, in terms of AI and how the building industry are using it, um, for the sake of um, easy access to large data sets of information. So uh, with some of our clients, they've got a lot of their building asset information on our platform and being able to uh, user to just be able to ask a question and AI to be able to figure out, oh, actually you need this and this is your information and signposting people. Not only that, it's also helping people who are actually doing the jobs within the industry, um, helping them do things faster going, ah, you need to do this and pointing them in the direction of what they actually need to do rather than like having to repeat yourself, like having things pre-built, pre-filled like uh, in. Um, and also it's knowing that there's, it's as I talked on before, it's a human industry. Uh, it's very much there's end users at the end of this and having empathy because a lot of times when you're the person who's having to listen to the people getting irate at you, 
knowing that there is actually technology that can actually have an empathetic conversation with each end user um, and understanding like their individual needs and, and how they're responding to you. Um, because it's very hard as um, somebody that's working on the end of the phone or speaking to people in person, like having to listen to all the different people. We all know that sometimes we, we think we're the only person with an issue. <laughs> Um, so it's it's adding that kind of element as well to the industry, which I think is really important because um, it takes the pressure off the people who actually have to deal with it after. Yeah, and, and I think that's a really fair point. It's understanding and it's something that maybe asset managers and uh, in particular would be they would have experience of. And it's something that actually causes huge stress, um, yeah. huge stress. It's, it's a source of burnout. It's something that's well reported as a source of burnout uh, for people more involved in that side of real estate. You touched on something there that I think is really interesting. And I think other startups or scale ups might might benefit from you developing it a little more. You talked about uh, for the marketplace, you know, I, I've observed myself that it is not the best technology that gets provided. It's usually or gets selected. It's usually the one that is um, the most trusted for whatever reason. So either they're an existing supplier or something like that. And I think it is the old adage of no one ever gets fired for buying IBM. So and that can be frustrating for uh, innovators who are developing what they believe is the best solution, the latest technology. Um, but you mentioned an approach there that I have seen work to great effect more in construction technology than real estate. And that is for the industry to choose a product that can develop alongside with you. Mm -hmm. Is that what happens within Ask Porter? Yeah, exactly. So I think one thing that's probably when you initially look at our product set, I think it can be uh, and I'll be honest here, I think it can be sometimes overwhelming because it's so configurable. Um, every single element you can configure, but that's our responsibility and that's my team's responsibility to ensure that we make that easy for the client to onboard them. You tell us how you work, you tell us what information you have. We build our product to meet your needs. Um, and it it is so configurable, but we also... Um, very much with our clients if they've got new ideas if they've got new features that they want to build we will build those alongside our clients um because we want to build it and and make it better for them because one of the things that my team is responsible for as well is we constantly look at the stats and the information that's coming in through their end users so we propose actual enhancements um on a monthly basis to each of our clients to try and say, look, actually, this would be really cool, I think, if we did this. And one of the things that came up, which was really um, interesting, was the concept of duplicates. Uh, so what I mean by that is if somebody's in, say, a commercial building and a lift is not working and they go to raise that request, if somebody else comes along um, and they're going to raise the same request, it goes, actually, we already know about this. Thank you for letting us know, but we already know. And it's not just that you're saving that end user's time, but also you're getting stats on how many people are affected by this particular issue, which can let you know and prioritize then your even your business processes as well. Like maybe actually if a lift issue is a problem, actually this should be higher priority next time. And um, it's all that kind of element is what we do with our clients. It's not just about coming to you with a product that has 
everything set out ready to go. It's actually going, well, we've got a product that can adapt to you. How do you want it to adapt to you? And that's essentially how Asporta works. You know, I, I love that approach uh, for startups and scaling businesses because you're really embedding that relationship of trust, but also you're learning alongside each other. So it's this two way learning as you go. And um, but I, I suppose at a very blunt level as well, from a commercial perspective, it's helping the startup or scale up or the, or the innovative provider in this case, really develop a pipeline of innovation as well, because you're not just developing your expertise, your domain knowledge, you're also developing and testing and perfecting and therefore getting market ready, a whole pipeline of solutions. Because if one client has this problem, chances are their competitors and the wider industry has this problem. And it's something that I've seen used to really great effect in the construction industry. Construction technology providers have been really good at doing this. Prop tech providers, maybe not so much. So I'm I'm really excited to hear that that is your approach because I think that's really building in the kind of sustainability that gets a scaling company to being a long-term provider in, in the marketplace. Um, so I, I, I love that approach and I hope any startups or innovators listening in today really take that on board. Um, I'm conscious of your time today, but I, I don't want to let the opportunity pass without maybe getting some of your insights in terms of, you know, we touched on AI and what it's doing right now, but the the escalation of AI has has far exceeded expectation. Its adoption across the market, again, has exceeded expectations. So we're seeing, and there is, of course, a principle around this, but we're seeing the rate of digital adoption across all technologies increase rapidly. So, you know, how do you think the, the future of, of real estate and the built environment will be impacted by AI? And I don't know if you want to tell me in a 12-month period or a 12-year period, because... I, I, I don't understand the time scales at which we can measure this type based on the rate of adoption. But what is the future for for AI within the built environment? I think that's that's a funny topic when you talk about time scales, because I think we all know that technology just hits us in the face and we just run with it. Like how much technology as a whole has like expanded and improved is phenomenal over the last, what, 20 years um, I think for me, I think we're hit like in terms of AI and improvements, I think we're going to see a much like and this is just my personal opinion, um, a much bigger growth over the next probably year. And then I think it'll start to like realize where its benefits are. I think a lot of time we're thinking about, oh, it could fit in there. It could fit in there. But sometimes you can't really take the human aspects out of real estate. You still very much need um, that human aspect, that human processes. You can't just fire technology into every element of the sector. But I think it's good to explore um, where it can be useful, uh, definitely. And I think that we're understanding that. We're uh, working, as I said, with the constant improvements. Like we're working with our clients to go, well, actually, you've got this other process. How can we help you with that? And I think it should be bit by bit. Um, I think uh, it, it's quite exciting, actually, because I think Ben mentioned on when you spoke to him uh, earlier, or well, last year, um, that uh, 
it's nice to be able to raise a maintenance request when it's happening and not have to wait to nine to five to actually call someone and put it up. You can actually potentially self-resolve it at 1 a.m. in the morning. Like it's cool what technology can afford those end users. So I think it's exciting. I think we're going to see much more growth over the next um, short term. And then I think it'll start to settle. And then within the areas where it's appropriate, I think it'll just continue to improve like we see technology across the board. I, I, yeah, that that's a really nice way to position it. It's a very comfortable way, I think, to position it for people. And, you know, I, if you're open to it, I'd love to check in with you maybe in, in six months time and kind of see how how that is changing, um, if at all. And I, I suppose final question, Clara, a lot of what we do, uh, a, a lot of what I do in my day job is actually trying to make real estate and construction attractive industries for the next generation of talent. And we talk about the next generation of talent. You know, we're always very clear that we're not just looking for graduates to choose these industries. We're looking at people at mid and senior career levels in other industries uh, who might never have considered real estate or construction as a profession, but actually with the rise of these new roles like UX designer, like a head of customer experience, uh, across real estate and construction, we're always trying to to attract talent from other industries into this. How has the transition been for you and would you recommend it to a friend? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so uh, a little bit of my personal background. Uh, my family are all very much in the construction property industry. So, um, for instance, my parents have a steel fabrication company. So I've learned I've always been interested in this industry. But what I think is really interesting, really attractive for anybody that's considering it is the fact that it's never going to go anywhere. It's always a place of constant improvement. Like when you think about every aspect of your life, it's your home. Your home is very important. Oh, when you think about how you want to spend your time, you know, you're going to nice hotels, you're, you're going to your office of work, you know, you're going to cool museums. All of that stuff is very much is only possible due to the construction and property industry. So it's it's a really, I think people can just focus on the mundane aspects, which is someone designs a building, you know, building, whatever, and all of that. But if you actually look inside the whole process from end to end, it's so interesting. And there's so many lives that are essentially touched by elements within the property and construction industry. Um, and it's quite challenging. I think I think um, uh, we touched on this, but, you know, it's very easy to be set in your ways within an industry that has been going for such a long time. But to actually go inside and go, actually, we could do a little improvement over here and it could make a massive change within the industry. So there's so much opportunity as well. Oh, I love that. That's really inspiring. Thank you so much. You know, you're exactly the type of technical talent that we need coming in and bringing these other perspectives like cybersecurity and coming in from the gaming industry, understanding um, the, the the journey that that consumers take when they're using our products or service um, is just so important. And it's been very overlooked in real estate and construction. So uh, I, I'm so delighted to have met you and I'm really excited about the future direction of Ask uh, Porter. So I look forward to the, the next conversation. But for today, that's all we've time for. Thank you so much for being so generous with your, your time and expertise. I genuinely appreciate it. 
Uh, that was Clara McGibbon, Head of Customer Experience at Ask Porter. My thanks to producer Katie Tallon and to the audio team at Hear Me Roar Media. Before we go, just a special word of thanks to our sponsor, Prop, uh, PropTech Ireland, for supporting the podcast and for making these conversations possible. And thank you indeed for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of the PropTech Hot Seat. In the meantime, please be sure to check out all of the other Irish and international real estate and construction shows here on iProperty Radio. <laughs>